He is worthy. More than we'll ever know. You know, uh, the, the second song, third song, Scars in His Hand. If you've been coming to Wednesday nights, you'd know that that's a sign of the covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Sign of, it's a covenant sign. Uh, actually, wrist. And um, some people say Jesus was nailed to his hands, and some say his wrist. So it's all in the same proximity. But that is a covenant sign. And he didn't give them up. He didn't give that up when he was resurrected. He, he maintained it. So there's a special meaning for that and the fact that he did a covenant for people like you and me. Amen. Praise God. So we invite you to Wednesday nights. You can still jump in. It, it, the, the charge is double now, but that's okay. Uh, we, uh, we certainly enjoyed seeing you, so praise God. Learning a lot of things there. Uh, but I've got a few announcements I'm going to go through that you won't hear from Pastor Kelly today, so uh, you might want to give me some special attention. Number one, our website has been redone. Has anybody seen the new website besides Pastor Kelly and Pastor Dan? Okay, Church of TMRW, that's tomorrow.org. Churchoftomorrow.org. Now, some of you listen to a lot of messages, and that's great. You're listening to other people, and so you bring that to church Sunday morning. We'll get you straightened out. That's no problem. But uh, there are some really good messages on there from various people. If you don't understand spirit, soul, and body, that's a great series to walk through because it really opens your eyes to some things that you may not have seen before. Or it may be a good one to review if you really understand it, but you'll find few teachings that go into detail as much as that one does. Also, if you need to know about tongues, for instance, there's, there's a message on that, and it covers a lot of biblical references to that so that you have the understanding um, more than what you will probably just normally pick up. We go in depth right on Scripture, full of Scripture, Chuck full of scripture. It's all there. We just have to dig it out. It's like digging out gold, but this is a lot better than any gold. Praise God. So, churchoftomorrow.com. How many people will make it a point to go to our newly developed website? Thank you. That would be great. Be sure and like it. And um, it's, it's not only looks different, but it is different because the messages will download much faster, and so it's just a, a, a lot a lot better than before. We have some wonderful people doing our website for us. And uh, some people, you know, Dub is a camera person too. So uh, anyway, uh, we, we really praise God for that. Um, think 200, not on just Sunday mornings when you come to church and see the sign, but think 200, what does it mean if we had 200 people? Are we imagining it now? What will it do to get us there? And so we're going to be putting a few little things out in the next few weeks about uh, prompting you to uh, be a, an active part 
that faith without works is dead. Okay, okay. Uh, and those of you that have weathered the temperature this morning, praise God for you. You, thou shalt will, thou shall have chicken. Okay, yeah. So we will have chicken coming up after service. You want to stay around for that. So uh, it's all put together. Brad got up there and um, did you do the chicken killing or just the cooking on them? Uh, okay, well, uh, it's plucking the feathers I didn't like, you know. I, I never will forget, I was about eight years old, and my mother uh, <clears throat> broke a chicken neck purposely so we could have some chicken. And that chicken ran around the yard and everything else, and I'm sitting there going, what in the world is going on? <laughs> but there has to be a sacrifice made. You know, when you have breakfast, the, um, the, the chicken just gives a portion of that. The hog gives his whole life for it. Anyway, moving right along, we're on the four-part series, Build Your Tomorrow. Build Your Tomorrow. We did prayer, we did worship, we did the Word, and this culminates today in community. And so we're going to be talking about community today in a very special way for you. So buckle your seatbelt and be ready. I think you, I see notebooks out all over the place, praise God. And some people have their digital data. Um, so however you do it, I just can't get acclimated to digital data. Although I sit on a computer several hours every day, I like the paper. I like highlighting and underlining and flipping pages. And <laughs> uh, I was talking to a guy last week, and he says, they got an app for this? And I said, who needs an app? You know, my, I sat there at my computer and I says, um, okay, you want, and I named about five different websites, push one button, choop, there we go. I said, can you do an app that quickly? Choop, boom. There, there's no, choop, choop. well, you've already got your computer program for that. I said, well, what are you doing with an app? Except you got to go find that sucker, first of all. And then once you find it, then you push it, then you wait for it to come up, and then you hit the button, and then you're there. Yeah. I've already finished doing what I'm doing over here. So sometimes we, we have, uh, I, I just think it's funny. If you want to do apps, do them to your heart's content. But I just think it's funny that sometimes we do twice as much work to get half as much done. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank your blessing on the word today. We thank you, Lord God, that you are here with us, Holy Spirit, to manifest Jesus, to lead us through your word as we understand more about community, the community you've established in this particular church and in the body of Christ and the large picture. For it will give you the praise and the glory, and we'll thank you that you give us the fun of going through. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the word community, uh, you say, you talking about commune? Hmm, that sounds a little suspicious. You're not one of those religious communes, are you? Oh, yeah, we're real suspicious looking. Well, that's part of community, but that's a different kind of community that we won't get in with. We'll, we let that die with Jim Jones, pun intended. Okay, let me define the word community for you. Um, according to dictionary, a group of people living in the same locality and under the same government. Second definition, the district or locality in which such a group lives. Number three, a group of people 
having common interest. A group of people having common interest. Notice that there's an emphasis on people, okay? Not systems, not things, but people. Jesus came to save the lost. The lost are people. Dogs and cats don't count. Well, maybe dogs do in Cammie's book, but anyway, cats don't count, right? Okay. We also want to look at the word fellowship in the New Testament, okay? Um, and first of all, let's look at fellowship in secular terms. Number one, the companionship of individuals in a congenial atmosphere and on equal terms. Two, friendship, comradeship. Hey, comrade, how you doing? <laughs> I'm joking for those of you on YouTube, okay. Number three, a close association of friends or equals sharing similar interest. I'm going to do that one again. A close association of friends or equals sharing similar interest. Okay, the word fellowship is used in the New Testament. It's much more than any of those. But I noticed that the third meaning in both of these come real close to meaning the same thing that fellowship does in the Bible. Um, you may have heard before, you know, well, we fellowship with believers and we minister to the lost and unlearned. Well, that's true. There's something different about fellowshipping with people because when fellowshipping comes up, the walls go down, the barriers go down, the transparency comes forth, the subject focus. Pastor Kelly, I'm saying focus again. Yeah, okay, make, make sure you understand that. Put that in your notes. I said focus. The focus is somebody other than themselves or other stuff. It's on Jesus and how Jesus can work through us to bring us closer together and also do his work in us. When you leave Church of Tomorrow, every time you're here, you should leave differently than when you came. Okay? And if you participate... In worship, you participate in prayer, you participate in the word preached. You also need to participate in the fellowship. That's the reason we have meet and greet, so all your little brrr can come down and you get to know somebody and talk to them and say hi and give them a hug. It's part of church just as much as the other items are. Um, in the... The, uh, this is interesting. I think in the new uh, today's international version, we find the word 87 times in the biblical text, 87 times. Every one of those times is immediately followed by the word offerings. Now, I'm speaking in terms of Old Testament right here. Fellowship, the translated word fellowship in the Old Testament, 87 times, and it's followed by the word offerings. We find that in the King James translates that Hebrew words into English as peace. So it's, it's the peace offerings. Looking to Hebrew, we find a rather common name, shalom. Okay, that's the word right there, shalom. Shalom can mean a combination of many English terms. It's more comprehensive than just peace, which is a way that can be used correctly, but it's more than that. Okay, W.E. Vine says this, 
that the Hebrew word shalom also signifies, among other things, peace indicative of a prosperous relationship between two or more parties. Indicative of a prosperous relationship between two or more parties. That's not talking about just business. That's talking about the things that really count eternally. It's talking about the things of the Spirit, the things of the Word, the things that will go on past our bodies on this earth. Okay? That's the true prosperity. Out of that should flow financial prosperity and all other kinds of prosperity. Your health, your wealth, all those things. You know, some people say, well, I really don't have any wealth. Why don't you just move to Congo, the Congo and see how wealthy you might be? Mm-hmm. How many kings do you read about in the 16th, 17th century had air-conditioned castles? How about indoor toilets? <laughs> see, we, we have such a, a, a high level of looking at things, we don't realize we're the most blessed people on this earth. You know, it's better to be a middle-class person in America than it is to be one of those oligarchs or whatever in some countries. We're blessed. We're a blessed and prosperous people. And it's not because we're just good looking. Jesus has intended that to be. He, he's placed us in a place that has great resources. He's given us a rampant word of God. We're on the verge of losing a lot of that if we don't repent as a country and come back to the Lord. Quit killing babies and a lot of other things. But the fact of it is, we are a progression of people, and we're so blessed because your forefathers and my forefathers fought for what you have today. I don't care who you are. They fought for it and have handed that to you. Now, what do you do with it? And we need to fight for the next generations and hand them something that's good for them, not a messed up piece of junk. Okay. It, I think it's pretty cool. I'll read that again. Indicative of prosperous relationship between two or more parties. See, when we get together, there's a flow back and forth, and it brings prosperity to you. When we talk about the word, we talk about, hey, we can talk about our grandkids' ball game or something. But we do that realizing how blessed we are that we have grandkids and how wonderful it is that we live in a free country still and that we have the things that we do. But God has given us the inner peace of being born again, of being the church of the redeemed, of being the peculiar people, which is that word peculiar doesn't mean everybody's like that. But when you're a heaven-walking, tongue-talking son and the daughter of God, your life's changed, and you go from glory to glory. And that's a continual thing that we all should be doing. We don't arrive till we get to heaven, but we're arriving Closer and closer all the time, okay? If our destination, you know, would be Billings, Montana, and we're driving that direction, we're getting close to Billings every mile, even though it's a lot of miles. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, let's look at some of the New Testament verses that speak out uh, about fellowship. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read about five different verse uh, collections here and just dwell on the fellowship and how it, it falls in with the rest of the verse that we read. They're going to be on the screen so we can do it together. We're using the NIV on these. Acts 2.42, 2 
the new church, the new early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the word, and to fellowship, uh-huh, to the breaking of bread. You bet. We're going to break some chicken today. And to prayer. Every, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That's of choice, not of command. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they continued to meet together. Okay? They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoy the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily who were being saved. That's called revival. When the Spirit of the Lord breaks out. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 1, 4. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. With all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Testimony about Christ among you. What's Jesus done for you this week? Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the second coming of Jesus, the end. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. All fellowship in the body of Christ comes from Christ. Okay? All fellowship in the body of Christ comes from Christ. Okay. Let's do uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14. This is a little bit different angle that we need to look at because... It's scriptural too. But do not be yoked together with unbelievers. That basically could be talking, definitely talking about marriage, but it could be talking about a lot of things. Uh, if you're entering business, you probably don't need to be yoked to an unbeliever unless there's special circumstances involved. And sometimes there are. But yoked together means we're going the same road. Okay? Um, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? So it's talking about not only an unbeliever, but it's talking about a totally lost in all sorts of way, wickedness. And what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Belial, Belial, say it right. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Mm. For we are the temple of the living God. Light and dark do not have fellowship. Okay? We need to understand that. No missionary marriages. Now, if you're married and neither one of you are saved and one of you gets saved, then you're going to be the Jesus they see to come to Jesus. 
Amen. And it's amazing what the change in your life will do to that person. So if, if you, in that situation, just keep on, let the light shine. The darkness will have to leave. Okay? And I mean that in a spiritual significance too. I didn't say kick them out the door. The Bible talks different than that. So we're yoked together because of Jesus. John, one, excuse me, 1 John, 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. That's Jesus himself, of course. Verse 2, the life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write to make this joy complete. You see, this is all about reaching people. It's all about people. Community's about people. It's not about horses and dogs, okay? You can pet the dogs and ride the horses. Just don't get that mixed up with eating them, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you eat the cows and the goats and the sheep and such, such as that. Oink, oink. I'm sorry, I left the pigs out, didn't I? Okay. <clears throat> but uh, the, the whole truth of it is there, the fellowship with the Father, the fellowship with the Son, when I spend time with the Lord, I spend time with Him, I, I love you more. And I pray for you more. And the more I'm connected with him in, a, in an open fellowship, so to speak, 24-7, then the more I love people, the more that I'm able to weep for the lost because they don't have this. And everyone can have it. All it costs you is your life forever. And that's such a wonderful thing. I don't want somebody else to tell me what to do. Well, one of these days you're going to wake up hurting for certain and you can repent to Jesus if you live long enough to do that. Hmm. Well, I'll just wait to the last minute. Hmm. Never mind if you're that silly. 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness... We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. My goodness, folks, that's such a wonderful verse. If we're in Christ and he's in us, and we're walking in him with him, we're going to have fellowship with him, with the Father, and with one another. And his blood cleanses us, purifies us from all sin. How can you go wrong on that? And I'll tell you something else. This joy he spoke about is real. It's a force. It's not something to go, ah, I'm so joyful. Ah, ah. 
No, you're happy clappy. Joy is like, come what may, the song we sang, regardless of what it is. It's 20-something degrees outside, and man, right inside, right inside of me right now, it's 70 degrees. And I don't care what the thermometer says or what brings it, come what may, we're going to have fellowship because we love each other, we care each other, and the Lord wants to move through us, interconnecting us, and encouraging us and bringing about the things we want to do, including conviction sometimes. Yes. You ever been talking to somebody and got convicted? Yeah. Well, if you haven't, you haven't been talking to too many people. <laughs> While we're at this in view of Scripture, let us look at some bits of history along with what is going on in the world today. There's a lady by the name of Stella Morbido. And she just wrote a book called The Weaponization of Loneliness. The Weaponization of Loneliness. It wasn't a Christian book, but she does demonstrate a strong belief in Scripture throughout it. She said, instead of playing whack-a-mole with a hundred different crazy, insane agendas out there, she found what connected them all and causes them. And how many of you know we've got a lot of wacky, crazy, insane Agendas all over the place. Here is her quote again, or another one. What gives these agendas oxygen is our tendency to self-censor when we have questions about the dangers that lie ahead. In other words, we shut up. When we have, we understand a danger coming, we're afraid to say anything. And that self-censorship is induced through political correctness, identity politics, and mob agitation. See, some people get involved and some people run out the back door. Okay? We should not be afraid to speak the truth in love. I don't care what the subject is. But most of all, Jesus Christ. The answer to all this junk is not to take it away or get stronger on the other side of it. It's to bring the light in so the darkness can be exposed. And by the way, let me identify political, excuse me, identity politics, identity politics. Because, you know, it's, some of, it's kind of a vague word. Identity politics is a political approach when, wherein people of a particular race, nationality, religion, gender, sexual orientation, social background, Social class or other identifying factors develop political agendas that are based on these identities. That's right out of Webster. In other words, there are people with special interests that want to produce, push that. What we as Christians want to do is, is push, if you would, maybe that's not the word I should say, to share truth regardless whatever comes out of it. Because the truth is always the same. It doesn't change. And it always works when applied in faith. But it must be applied. Okay? We owe it to mankind to share the truth. We don't owe it to mankind to beat them up or to do horrible things or, or say disparaging words. We don't owe them that. Okay? Jesus didn't treat us that way when we were lost. Okay? But we do owe it to speak up 
Because that might be the only opportunity people have to see Jesus is when you open your mouth. I'm glad that one day back in the 80s, this man on television put his finger right towards the screen and said something like this. I'm talking to you. Jimmy Swaggart. I'm talking to you. And he was. And he did. And the realization of the fact is that I need what he's saying because it just bears witness with me. It's true. And Jesus proclaimed himself as the truth. People need the truth. And sometimes it's just a little reference about Scripture. They may be a Christian. I had a real close friend one time that lost his 32-year-old son. He died of a heart attack. And he called and told me about it because I'd moved to Oklahoma at the time, and we were 200 miles apart. And he was upset. He's not the kind of guy that got real emotional, but he was upset. And all the Lord had me tell him was, Everything that happens is not the Lord's fault. That's all I said. And he said, well, thank you. And called back and a couple weeks later and said, that took care of every one of my doubts and beliefs, just to know that everything that happens is not the Lord's fault. That was it. That's the reason that we need to have fellowship with Holy Spirit. So when he speaks, we hear. When we have fellowship with the Lord, he'll show us what to do, how to do it. But if we're not in fellowship with him, we're probably not hearing his voice as well as we should. God will not take you up, slap you around the face and say, looky here, dude, <laughs> I'm telling you something. No, that's up to us <laughs> to be that way. And I know that each one of you has had the opportunity and time to tell people that, as we must. It may have been your son or daughter, maybe one of your grandkids, maybe your, maybe one of your parents. But we need to have the guts to say something, because if we censor what we know to be truth, we're cutting that person short of an opportunity to worship God. That's our mission on this earth. We are his ambassadors. That is what we are doing here. Some of these teachers that are rather, excuse me, parents who are rather upset about some of the things that are going on in schools, about what's being taught, some of them have chosen to stand up and be truthful about it. I listened to a guy the other day that was speaking to the school board. He was very firm. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't screaming. He wasn't beating his fist. He was very firm in what he was saying about some of the doctrines that they're teaching in early elementary school uh, about gender orientation and acceptance and some of those things. This is not really true. Yeah, you do accept them as a person, but you don't accept their doctrine. But people need the truth. They need to, some of the people that are in that, and if they're confused about their gender, they need help. They don't need to be shoved aside. They need to be told the truth in love. And that's what we do, praise God. And we do the same thing with each other. I guarantee you, if I went and did some things, that man right there is going to be on my case. 
And there's going to be some other people in here too. And you better. You better. Because I'm going to be on yours. <laughs> we need to walk according to the word of God and fellowship with people that helps them, encourages them, takes them to the next level. Because Jesus died for them just as much as he died for you. And that's our, that's our, our impetus about being able to share the momentum, the, the factor that's getting us off our duff into somebody's life for a little bit. Not all of it will work. Not all of them are going to accept you. But sometimes that word of God just kind of goes in there really, 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 really deep. And it comes up. You know, a seed sown in the ground, deep, takes longer to come up than one sown towards the top. If you want to plant asparagus, you're going to have to go two feet deep below the ground. That's the way it is. And that it doesn't come up next year. But it will come up. And boy, it's sure good eating. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, when I read that about identity politics, I, I just want to say that the idea here is we want to be people-minded. Um, if um, not self-inflicted, single-minded, I want this-minded, so to speak. There's plenty of that. I want this. This guy says, I want this. This woman says, I want that. And everybody wants their own agenda. We need to be able to work together. Yeah, there's certain things in life that we want as individuals, but there's certain things that we need to work together to bring about. And it takes unity, and uh, that's where synergy comes in, where 2 plus 2 is 6, you know. That's not the new math. Don't get nervous, Kelly. Uh, 2 plus 2 is 6 because we work together. Or 10 plus 10 is 100 because we work together. And we need to be synergistic because that's, what, that's the way God planned it. Your gifts are different. My gifts are different. Somebody else's gifts. And all of them need to be at work, praise God. Notice in fellowship that we read that, you, you have been given every spiritual gift. Yes. Praise God. Talking about the group, not the individual. When we get out of the Bible and we start going into political and economic seeking, we end up losing our freedom. Yeah. It's because we have given free speech a kick in the tail along with the freedom of religion falling right behind it. If you lose freedom of speech, you lose everything. And I don't care what anybody says, Second Amendment supports the first one. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, those things are absolute must. We have seen what has happened in several states in the last couple of years with COVID. Okay? Regardless of what you believe about COVID, it's how you act when those things come up. Okay? If you want to wear a mask or you don't want to wear a mask, then I think you should have that opportunity. And we try to, uh, you know, consider everybody. But when they say you can't have the church doors open, that's something else. And people in some states had to stand up. You know, when Nevada stood up, there's a large church in Las Vegas. They didn't even want them to meet in the parking lot. In cars, stay in your own car. They said no. The governor said no. That's when they went to court and got that turned around. But that's pretty serious when they will let you meet in your car, you know, six to ten feet away from somebody else in your own environment. It was an attempt to try to control your life, to try to say no. And there's a, there's a push in this country so many ways. Why are there drag queen 
plays in first and second and third grade classes in public schools. Did you ever think that would happen? Ever? In your wildest imaginations? I certainly didn't. And it's detestable. It's not normal. It's not another way of doing things. They're trying to promote concrete thinking children who basically, when they hear something, they believe it. Okay? They're not dealing with the teenagers. They're dealing with the little kids, teaching them that junk. Now, I tell you what, I'll let them do that in the schools if I can go in there and preach with them at the same time. Give me equal time. You know, that's the way I feel about it. But don't you be pushing that stuff off of my grandkids or your grandkids or anybody else like that. That's, that's not freedom of speech. That's like saying fire in a building and it's no fire in it. Amen. Moving right along. Alexis de Tocqueville, who was a Frenchman, um, really back in, he wrote, uh, I can't remember the name of the book offhand, but it's 1820s. He came to America and he wanted to see what was so good about this country that America was all of a sudden, just a few years old, was growing and getting to a, a point that it excelled most of the other countries on the earth and in, in the growth and stability and strength and et cetera. And he put it back to that Americans were educated. And by the way, did you know the first books that they used in schools were Bibles? Yeah. So they were not only educated, they were educated according to the word of God. He said, despotism may govern without faith, but liberty cannot. In other words, if you have some ruler over you who does everything for you tells you what to do tells you where you can go when you can't go what kind of car you have to drive <clears throat> moving right along what kind of electricity that you can or can't use or this or that that didn't take faith from you you just sit there and let it happen but if you want to be in a, a country that's bound with liberty and liberty flows from it it's going to take faith. Ronald Reagan says, you know, that each generation is just one step away uh, from, from losing it. God has no grandchildren either. We've got to keep the faith of the Word of God. We've got to keep it going. We've got to keep it growing. If you keep it growing, then you've got to go in, right? Amen. He also said, well, let me just say this. I think in that, Despotism may govern with, without faith, but liberty cannot. Liberty is by faith, or it takes faith to live in liberty. Because, see, we don't know what will happen if something happens. But when we're in charge of making decisions, what we say, what we, where we work, where we go, uh, what we do in our lives, it takes faith to believe we're on the line with, with God. And that we're obeying God and the purpose and plan that he has for us. Because he has our best plan, our best purpose. So we must walk by faith just like the Bible said. The just shall live by faith. Praise God. He also said a despot puts all of his care into isolating people. 
He doesn't care whether or not you love him as long as you don't love each other. Wow. The despot doesn't care if you don't love him. But he didn't want you and me loving each other. That's the way this thing works, going in certain directions. Many people, like through COVID, many people don't come to church anymore. They just don't come. They got used to watching a message in their pajamas. Oh, that's so easy. You don't have to get out of bed. I just turn my TV set on, my remote control, and lay right there in bed and say, woman, go get my breakfast. What a, never mind. What a jerk. You got to get up. You got to wash your face off, comb your hair, put on some decent clothes. Maybe take a shower a week before or something, you know. And come to church. So you can be with people. The TV set does not fellowship with you. And then, of course, you get distracted and watch something else and it goes from there. What am I saying? You need people. You need people of like faith. You need people who love God. You need to be in that environment. You need to be with those people because you will grow in life if you're around a bunch of Christians. And people are focusing on Jesus. Fellowship is an integral part of the body of Christ. I like, uh, I looked up this one verse just a while ago. It's not, we don't have a slide on this one. Um, I wanted to pull it up in the uh, Amplified. Ephesians 4.14. So then we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gust of teaching and wavering with every change wind of doctrine. The prey of cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men Gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery in inventing eras to mislead. See, no matter what happens in Washington, D.C., if you keep maintaining your walk with Jesus Christ, you're going to be okay. You're going to have opportunities to walk in love and joy and peace. You're going to have opportunities to meet people and talk to people. I, I so much love meeting with different people one-on-one. There was a funeral here yesterday for uh, a man who passed on to glory, no doubt about it, uh, who had gone to Church of the Harvest years ago for a long time, and a pastor that was actually used to be on Church of the Harvest staff, and we let him use the building. And um, I saw people I haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, we had some good chats. You know, somebody's gone this way, gone that way. They're still serving God. That's what counts. I don't want to be down on people who have disabilities that can't get to church easily. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are that get up and exercise every day of the week and sit home looking at this TV set on Sunday mornings. There's no cross exchange. You're hearing a message. I'm glad you're hearing a message because sometimes that's all you can do. But you need to be around 
like-minded believers. And some of those messages that you get on TV from different people, they may, you know, they may be fine. Uh, there's a lot of them that are, and there's a whole lot of them that aren't. And so I know that you're gonna, what you're getting here is a well-balanced diet with different things in biblical teaching other than just a rah, rah, sushkumbah, who loves Jesus? How about you? Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Come on. You know, there's a time to preach. That's okay. But substance is what we need. That's what changes us. Because if I just have happy clappy, I go down the street here and I get me a bite of food that I don't like for lunch and blah. And if I'm doing that at church, I go to the white person. I say, hey, I think y'all might have made a mistake here. Uh, would you check this out? This food, just, even after I prayed for it, it still doesn't taste right. You're going to get a good meal of substance. You're going to get the word. You're going to get worship. You're going to get fellowship. You're going to get encouragement. You're going to get the opportunities to be all that God made you to be. Take advantage of what's here and take advantage of it. And you on TV out there or computer or smartphone or tablet, what have I left out? Okay, whatever. You need to be here too if you're not in a good church. If you live in the Oklahoma City area, you need to be here. We happen to have a place just for you today and next Monday, Sunday and next Sunday and next Sunday and next Sunday. And also, most of the time, we have Wednesday night services. We go in different venues or different uh, series and everything, and we've got one coming up this uh, week. It's a continuance, and you'll love it. Praise God. That's my advertisement. And like everything else that you hear coming from this pulpit, it is true. Okay, I'm going to be wrapping up here. Um, I got all these different pieces of paper here, kind of threw things together. Many people have isolated and have become mentally ill. We need to open their shells and let some sunshine in. Do you know somebody like that? Hey, I'm out here on the outside. Okay, I'll stand 25 feet behind you. But anyway, I'll talk to you just for a minute. Many people have fallen from faith because according to Mark chapter 4, they had no root or depth of soil. We need to help them dig into the word much deeper. No superficial teaching here at Church of Tomorrow, but Bible-based and faith-walking people of God. Hallelujah. And no virtual solitary confinement. Okay? Yeah. You must be born again. You must have the power of Christ. You must have common goals. Be with people that do that. You must have a blended populace. You don't see cookie cutters here. Yep, there's a lot of difference between Kenneth and Kelly, but they're both men who love God. Yes, and amen. Can we make some more examples? Okay, moving right along. And we must be generationally strong. So we want to continue adding. And if you are watching us on our website or on YouTube, generationally strong means we want to have people. Your age, your age is what we're looking for. That's that right there. Your age is it. So come on in. We're really looking for people your age. And again, I asked the question, did God know all of this was going to happen? Did God foresee the fact that we would be in this predicament that we're in right now with all the fussing and all that kind of stuff? Did he? 
Do you, do you think he may have some answers? If so, how would he share those with us? I want to close with this piece of scripture. It means more today to you and me than any time we've ever read it. Hebrews 10, starting with verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You can enter the Holy of Holies in the New Testament. And it's only by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. See, we talk about the veil between the Holy of Holies and the holy place, okay, and it being ripped. His body was ripped. And it's symbolic of God coming out and being with his people. There's no wall, no partition between God and people and the Jew and the Gentile. He consecrated for us through the veil that is, that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, he's the chief shepherd, the high priest, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. No shame, no guilt. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has taken care of that for you. Why would you beat yourself up over something you did wrong when the blood of Jesus is there to be applied in your situation to sprinkle you fresh? There is no condemnation for those who walk in Christ Jesus. You are free. You are free in Jesus Christ all the way. Don't you walk in condemnation. Don't you walk under holy conviction. Then you do what you need to do to take that conviction and, and apply the word of God and repent and go on. God has sprinkled you with the blood of his son that there is no condemnation there is no lack of assurance of faith. There's no shame. There's no guilt. Jesus died for those principles. He died for those things. Apply the blood of Jesus in your heart today, and you will be free. And he says, goes on to say, in our bodies washed with pure water. And Jesus talked about the washing of the water by the word. Washing of the word with water. The water of the word. Okay, yeah. The, the word, many times in Scripture, is signified with water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This He spake about the Spirit which had not yet been given, according to John 5. You know, and how many of you have literal bellies of water flowing out of your, excuse me, literal rivers of water flowing out of your innermost being? No, but you have the opportunity to let rivers of living water spiritually, which is without end, which is without uh, fadeness or without retraction. It's spiritual. It's forever flowing out of your innermost being everywhere you go. Rivers. You are the mouth of many rivers. <laughs> 
Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We are decided he is Lord. Make no doubt about it. Knowing your heart that you're confirmed, that you're walking with him, that you're free from sin, that you're free from condemnation, that you have liberty in the Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And he's in you. For he who promised is faithful. Faithful means full of faith. Verse 24. And let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Next few words, as the manner of some is. Is that talking about 2023? Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner is of some right now. But exhort one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. The day is the coming back of Jesus Christ. It's judgment day. And everybody will appear before him in one of two places. And it's going to be a joyous time if you know Jesus, if you've been born again, if you've made him the Lord of your life, if you confess, Jesus, I'm yours. Do as you will. I trust you. It's not a... You know, it's a little prayer to keep me from going to hell. It's a way of life forever and ever and ever and ever. And for every person that you see today and next week, wherever you go, they have the potential to go to heaven with you. Won't you ask them if they will? Tell them you're mounting up a big load of people. And they need to come in to hear the word of God preached. They need to fellowship with the believers. They need to worship with other believers. They need to enjoy the presence of God. There's nothing like it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so very much for your living word. We thank you so much for the reality of you being our heavenly father, of Jesus being our Lord and Savior, and of Holy Spirit, of being the one who leads us and guides us and teaches and trains us and comforts us. We thank you that we're in assembly of people, of the beloved, of the saved, of the born again, here at Church of Tomorrow and many other good churches across this city and state and country. And then we'll have a great reunion forever and ever and ever. But right now, we're going to walk through this, enjoying each other, exhorting each other, bringing forth truth to each other, lifting up each other, checking on their knees, checking on whatever it is that we can do to help take them to the next level, praying for them, laying hands on them, giving them a book or something, whatever they need. We thank you that you've made us able and you put that in our hearts way down deep inside so we don't ever let a good opportunity to share about you.
go to waste. Live in us, love through us. You are our God. We are your people. You've made us who we are, and we thank you, Lord, for the God-given opportunity to be able to live that to the fullest by the Spirit within us. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Hallelujah, Pastor Kelly. I love God's people. Now, I love Jesus more, but I love God's people because it's God's people that actually, while we're in this world together, okay, they are the ones to lift us, encourage us, help us to stay together and to move forward. Amen? And when you isolate yourself, well, you know what it means when you isolate yourself, okay? It doesn't create good in the end, does it? Hallelujah. So we, we love the community. Look at your neighbor and say, we love God's community. You know, in our offering today, I was reminded of Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33. And we apply Matthew six thirty-three to just certain areas of our life. We're picky, you know. Pick and choose. <laughs> what kind of baloney do you want? Well, I want this kind, okay? Well, we do that with the Word of God if we're not careful. We pick and choose what we like, or if it's a certain scripture that could uh, be used in a variety okay, of areas of our life, we'll just pick and choose a few areas, okay? And the areas that we don't want God to touch, we'll just kind of, you know, pretend that doesn't exist. Look at your neighbor and go, oh, Matthew 6.33, and this applies in every area of our lives. Every area of my life. Every area of my life. <laughs> but put God's kingdom first. In your finances, put God's kingdom first. I'm going to say that again. In your financial section... In your, in your monies, I'm going to get really, yeah, that, that money that's, that's in your pocket right now, that's right here, this part, the one that has the, the card right here, yeah, this part, you know, and, and, and the part that's got this right here, the green part right here, yeah, that part, yeah, yeah, that part, yeah, I, I, I feel it too. I feel it too, okay? But I've made a decision long ago, okay? I give to God first, first and foremost. And I have watched my God be faithful. When others were falling away, God was faithful, and it opened the door for me to walk, okay, in places that I really, with what I'm paid as a school teacher, I should never go those places. But God has been faithful. So, and I'm still learning, but I'm putting God's kingdom first because I know what it has done in my life. Do what He wants you to do. Do what He wants you to do. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, what? 
No, that's just your flesh. Don't worry about that part, okay? We walk by the Spirit, not by the what? Not by the flesh, hallelujah. Then all of those things will also be given to you. All the other stuff, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, all the other stuff. All the other stuff is going to be given to you. You just remember to stay faithful and put God first in every area of your life. Do what he wants you to do. And then as a result, okay, all the other things will come. Hallelujah. We just like it all now. <laughs> Man, I am stepping on my toes. Man. Okay. Announcements. Okay, we're going to have some chicken in a few minutes. Don't know if you knew that yet or not. My stomach's growling so big, you know. <laughs> but in a few minutes, we're going to have chicken. Look at someone and say chicken. Okay. Now, there'll be other things too, you know, but the main thing is chicken. Okay. And so uh, Wednesday evenings, everyone say Wednesday evenings. In the middle of the week, we have Wednesday church, so to speak, okay? We are going through the covenant, okay, by James Garlow, magnificent book, taught from it several years ago, getting to uh, watch uh, Pastor Dan and, and a few of us. We're going to minister again. It is so life-giving, hallelujah, life-giving to see what covenant really means. Um, next Sunday, everyone say next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to have... A, a time in which Pastor Dan's going to minister on healing. And then we're going to have healing service. Bring people, family, friends, neighbors, uh, get in contact with them, invite them to come, okay? Because there is a need for healing in this world today. Christians are in need of healing because we are called what? Human beings. And human beings, we do need healing. From time to time. Now we should be able to use the word of God. Hallelujah. Use Jesus. We've got tools by which we can stand upon and we can proclaim our healing. We shouldn't be just completely helpless. Okay. We have been tooled. Look at your neighbor and say we have been tooled. Okay. There is Okay, the resource given to God's people. Hallelujah, regarding healing. Hallelujah. So remember, next Sunday, come. Hallelujah. Bring others in Jesus' name. And then we also have, if you remember correctly, Pastor Dan talked about it, we have a website update. Get involved. Go on, on site right there and find out what's there. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand. Yep. But we're going to have some other things going on, okay? So we want to enjoy that. And we're going to do communion at the end of our dinner because that's actually the way that it was done in the New Testament church. So we'll be liking them a little bit today because they were actually eating a meal. It wasn't just a little dab would do you, which a little dab will do you. Yeah. Jesus, okay. Um, and, and sometimes people have things that are called away from being uh, in town and stuff, and they have to go other places, maybe they're job-related or something like that. And even though that we like to remember everybody's birthday, sometimes we're not able to if they're not here. So we have a person today that just passed out of the 20s into the 30s. 
and we want to give her your special dose of the happy birthday song because she wasn't here last week. Was it Sherry? Yes. Let's sing, let's sing. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. (laughs) Let's pray over our food. Father, we thank you for this wonderful message. We thank you, Father. It's gone forth in power, hallelujah, in clarity, and we respond to it. We thank you for the community of God's people here today. And we thank you that the food is blessed, nourished for our bodies, and that we'll have a wonderful time together. In Jesus' holy name, amen.